All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Adelics? What's happening? How are you? What's going on? I'm trying to bring it in. Reel it in, man. Ronnie Chang is on the show today. Uh, do you know him? I think you probably do. Uh, you might know him from The Daily Show. You might know him from his Netflix stand-up specials, Speakeasy, and Asian Comedian Destroys America, and from movies like Crazy Rich Asians, Shang-Chi, and Megan. He's in the History of the World Part Two on Hulu. A lot going on. Intense guy. Didn't know him. Did not know him before this. So I watched a couple of his stand-up specials, and then the next day I talked to him. I met him and I talked to him, and we had a, an amazing chat. Uh, on Thursday next week, we're going to have Jason Woliner on again to talk about his series, Paul T. Goldman. There's no way for that talk to be spoiler-free. So if you want to watch Paul T. Goldman before that, it's only six episodes, about three hours and 20 minutes total length, and it's streaming on Peacock. You should do that. It is something, and it was challenging to me. So that's I'm going to talk to Jason about it specifically. All right? So watch that. All right? Okay. I was in New Mexico, and... I spent time with the dad, with the old man, and he's actually holding relatively steady uh, in a slightly spaced out state, but he's he's kind of holding steady. He still uh, knows who I am uh, when I'm there anyways. From what I understand, sometimes I talk to him on the phone and after he hangs up, a few minutes go by and he doesn't know who he was talking to, but that, I don't think that has anything to do with me. He still seems to know who he is, mostly. Uh, he's not really sure what happened at some points in his life. I, I did a little of that with him. Kind of went over some stuff. So a lot of it not great. But that's the funny thing. is He, he mostly, the stuff he doesn't remember are, are uh, like, he's not sure what happened that drove certain decisions of his. The catalysts usually have negative events where he either got taken for a ride by a, by some huckster of some kind, which which he's wont to do, or he got himself in trouble. So, like, he, he spent a lot of time going from practice to practice out there in the world. It's a long story uh, that involves most of the country. My father left New Mexico in some sort of furious mania and started uh, doing deals with uh, with orthopedic practices in small towns that needed a doctor. So he, over the course of a decade, he was in Victoria, Texas, Muscatine, Iowa, Warsaw, New York. Uh, where else? You know, and usually he'd, he'd get run out of town for being an asshole. But the truth is he doesn't, he doesn't remember what got him there, what made him make that decision, what made him you know, get in trouble, what made him lose all his money. He forgets that stuff. And I guess if you're going to forget some big chunks of your life, those would be the, the ones to, to do. Those would be the ones that you wouldn't miss. It'd be kind of a relief to be done with those. The, uh, how'd you get so fucked up? You know, I don't remember. Why'd you go to do that terrible thing? I, it's not, I don't know. It's not, it's gone. I don't know. what. So, so, so that's, I, I, it's not a benefit, but I tried to refresh his memory. That's always a fun thing to do, to sit there with your dad and go like, no, you, you fucked up. That's why you, <laughs> you had a, that's why you did that. And I spent like many hours with the guy over the weekend just trying to sort of uh, piece together periods of his life with him. You know, I, I, his, his memory is actually very thorough. 
the timelines are vague. But I think that's not, I don't think that's necessarily dementia. I think that is a symptom of age. If you didn't take notes, shit gets jumbled and events float untethered in your history of you. It's just a fact. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of seeing myself now as a, as a new old. I'm one of the new olds. I'm one of the, the, the now generation of new olds. And I've been trying sort of, you know, to put my own timeline together. Right? So I'm almost six decades into this charade, this debacle, this uh, farce. And I've lived in five different cities, some of them twice. So it makes it tricky to, get, to kind of get a timeline going. I mean, I, I remember events. I remember people. I remember things I did. Some of them are, are hazy. But I have no real kind of, I don't have any familial stability as markers. I mean, I don't have a consistent life, you know, as a marker of time. I have no kids. I had a couple wives. Uh, and that explains maybe nine years of some consistency, at least around who was primary in my life. Uh, and But I was with them for longer than that. But, you, you know, I, what, I wasn't always the, the greatest boyfriend in the world. Other than that, you know, I have a few cats. I have a, and I have a lot of interactions and engagements of many different kinds with many different people. Yes, I'm being a little cagey on purpose. Though, oddly, uh, when I was uh, with my dad, you know, <laughs> Yeah, just out of nowhere, we on the couch. Yeah, after long periods of silence, we're watching TV. Kinda, he's just complaining about, uh, you know, that he can't quite hear the TV that well. But there's something wrong with their TV. The lips don't sync up with the with the with the voice with the words. But he said a couple of things. I, I made fun of a stool softening commercial because of the silly tune they used, which I imagine was they're trying to get old people to buy it. So they're basically using a children's song because they think that'll register with the people that might need a stool softener. So I made fun of that. And my father literally said, I, I think I might need some of that. And then a few minutes later, out of nowhere, he just says, I guess I was kind of a womanizer. And I was like, ah, that's where that comes from. Okie dokie. But I kind of knew that. So the deal though, uh, when you move around a lot, and it just, I, it's hard to get a narrative going. The other thing that makes it difficult is that, you know, I was a fairly active drunk and addict for a good chunk of time. I, I would say in my adult life, I'd say from like 15 <laughs> to, to, to 1999, on and off. Look, I was functional, obviously, as functional as one needed to be to pursue a life of comedy, to be driven by fury and desire to be a comedian, that was always the priority, to, to do that. And a lot of stuff fell to the wayside, like responsible adulthood. So my point is, you know, after talking to my father and seeing, you know, that how, how checked out he is around some of this stuff that should have had a profound impact on him, but he was like that before he got lost, before he lost his mind. And like through the course of my life, I did a lot of emotional damage to myself and to others. And I have a somewhat vague recollection as to the catalysts of some of the more painful changes I went through. But uh, just like my old man, some of them are a little hazy. 
But I believe I can still excavate the timeline if I sit down and put it together. Is it necessary? I wouldn't say that this is being nostalgic. I, I just want answers. Because I, as I've mentioned before, uh, I find that uh, more people remember me as an asshole than I, I remember. And, you know, and somehow I've got to be like, what was going on then? And the reason I'm reflecting now is because I was home and I spent time with a couple of my oldest friends, some more of the new olds. We are the new olds. And we're all around 60. And one of them actually puts a time limit on how much we can talk about physical health, blood numbers, poop, exercise, aches and pains, and jerking off. There's a limit. He says, we got 10 minutes on that. It's my friend Dave. So we were able to isolate, Dave and I, that I was probably the biggest asshole when I was in my early to mid twenties and because I would come to town occasionally, you know, it was like maybe just after college or towards the end of college. And I'd, I'd come home for periods of time, but you know, I don't think he really knew me that well as I became more of more evolved as an asshole in relationships as I got older. So I'm going to have to talk to some other sources for that. Look, I know I'm making myself out to be a horror show, but I, honestly, I've worked through most of this stuff, a lot of it, sometimes with people I've, I've hurt. A lot of it is sort of toothless now within me, other than some, uh, some shame residue occasionally. We have all broken hearts and have broken hearts, right? So I guess seeing my father this time trying to put it together for himself, but ultimately landing on... I just don't care anymore. That's where he gets. We work on it for a little while. I just don't care anymore. And I think that's profound because I imagine uh, eventually it'll be, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't know anymore. I guess that'll, I guess that'll happen soon. I guess it'll all go. So again, uh, I want to make clear, I'm not being nostalgic. I'm not being melancholy. I'm just assessing. I'm on a psychological dig into my memory for understanding the impact of who I was on myself and others, and hopefully finding some good stuff as well in the soul dumpster. So look, Ronnie Chang is here. Uh, the History of the World Part Two is now streaming on Hulu, and Megan is streaming on Peacock. And uh, this is an intense guy and a good comedian. This is me and uh, Ronnie Chang talking. I don't spend much time in New York, but when I go back, uh -huh. you know, I, I, I usually I go out to eat and I go go yeah. to museums and I do whatever I'm there to do. Normal human stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> Instead of right, but I don't feel the urge to like, you know, like I gotta, right? I gotta get over there because right. I don't know, like it's such a fucking you know dick swinging fest. Yes, yes. Well, you know what's weird? You know <laughs> yeah. what's weird is that I'm only starting to get started in LA because I never I've been seven years in America. I never really lived here or came here that much. Oh yeah, I'm here for five months for work. And now I feel the same way you feel in New York in the sense of like, should I be, you know, right. I need stage time, but I don't know if I can be going to the improv. And don't go to the improv, come to the store. Oh, no, everywhere. I'm past it, the store. I, I you know, yeah. I, I, I 
I went through the audition. I did. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I can do it. It's just more. It's I. I feel like it's what you feel in New York is yeah. what I'm feeling here. Maybe a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I know New York. I mean, Jesus, I was there through the worst of it. Yes. You know, but I used to run around. I tell you what, man. I spot every time I speak to my comics yeah. seniors. Yeah. Like uh, when I'm lucky enough to speak to Leary or you or wh yeah. whomever, and yeah. they are, they always I always ask them about that scene because yeah. they always tell me catch. They tell me stand up New York. To tell me comic strip was a place, you know. Yeah, I mean, when mm. I started, you'd run the, you'd run around, mm. you'd do, you know, stand up New York, which always sucked. Mm. Uh, catch was hard to get into, mm. and that guy never passed me. Right. And uh, you know, and I and I resented him forever, but he eventually gave me Carnegie Hall because he works with the, with the festival. Caroline's. Yeah, Louis Ferrandez. Oh, yeah, Louis always yeah, yeah. been super cool to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he used to be time. the bartender at Catch. No wonder. And, and he used to be the guy that would make you sit at the bar and go, like, yeah, 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 we, we'll get you on, you know, just to, you know, Jerry right. stopped by, so you'd wait there all night. <laughs> right, right, right. And then you watch the whole audience leave. Right, And right. then he put you on for seven people. Right, and I, right, right. I did that twice, and I'm like, fuck that guy. Right, right. <laughs> he was always super cool to me. Well, no, no, he, I'm a... he's turned around. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. and also I, 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 what I really appreciate about the New York comedy scene was that I kind of, I was, I, I went in 2015. Yeah, I got hired at the Daily Show, but I wasn't established in America, so yeah. I had to rebuild my bona fides, yeah. so to speak. Sure, and I kind of approached it with like, no entitlement. Please just give me five minutes. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll prove myself with this five minutes. Yeah. and people were always, everyone I encountered was. No one was a dick. Maybe they didn't give me five minutes right away, but they yeah. they will audition me, and then after that they will book me. So me and New, I got a lot of yeah. love for New York. Everyone in the New York comedy scene, even the characters who are a little bit like, hey, well, yeah. you know, prove yourself. Yeah. Like, who the fuck are you? Sure. you know, even those guys, I appreciated them because it was like I would hear stories from people like you about them. And you mean like, oh, Patrice? This is the guy. No, no, he wasn't around when I. Oh when really? I joined. Yeah, he's already he, gone. He was gone when. Uh, he's been dead that long. That long, yeah. He was gone when I got there. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But um. No, I know, I know. I yeah. There's that thing. You know, I, I just that, mean the bookers more. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, even yeah. the comics. To be honest, the comics were everyone was always super cool to me. I think I don't know. I just think in America, surprisingly, believe it or not, even in New York City, there's. There's a feeling of you get what you give, you know. Like, well, I think also, you know, you get there, and if you're ready to go, you're ready to go, and then you learn how to fight. You know, I mean, there's no, yes. like, when the one thing about New York is that you know, they're not going to indulge much dicking around. They won't, especially yeah. the the main clubs. You know, I mean, the alt scene, which I don't even know if it exists anymore, was different. It was a little more indulgent. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to do those clubs, yeah. I mean, you got hit on all cylinders all the time. Yes, and you yes. learn how to do that. Yes, you have to be good for sure. That's the base level. But, yeah. I, but I guess what I'm describing is more. They were open to you. Uh, yeah, I think there was more uh, open, and and um, uh, I was very grateful to be there. Yeah, I, it took me uh, twenty years to get to America. But it's funny, you know. I watch you like I didn't. I wasn't really familiar. Like I knew, you know, to me, you were on my radar because I missed you in New York, and I knew sure. that you were out there. But I didn't, I didn't watch this stuff sure. until you know this week. Sure. The well, two specials. Thank you for watching it. I of course, you, uh, you, you know. But I, I just. But it's so funny when you know. I, I just. I'm working off a promo. You know, oh, right, 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 and I'm like, who the fuck's this guy? Right, right, right. You know, like, right. you know, like, but you know, having not known your history, and then when I watch you, I'm like, oh well, this is guy. This guy's like of my ilk. You know, he's not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not. You don't. It wasn't like you, you didn't take the easy path uh, in terms of what you choose to talk about as, as a standup. Wow, that's high praise. I appreciate that. Thank but you. but it's true. You know, like Thank I you. know, like there are guys you watch. Like there's a couple of guys I watch, and I know where people like me 
or, or have the same interests as me stand-up wise come from mm -hmm. because there's not that many of us you know the you know if you track it back to like you know, whoever you like whether it's hicks or patrice or mm -hmm. or you know stuart lee mm -hmm. or stanhope or mm -hmm. whatever there are guys that do a certain thing mm -hmm. uh you know but that's that's not most of them Yes, yes. Right. Well, that's high praise if you're, you know, from, from coming from you. I know you. Can, oh yeah, you no, yeah. I, I know you don't suffer fools. And, yeah, no, but yeah. why? You know, we all have to suffer fools. We're, <laughs> we're stand-ups. <laughs> we we but, spend uh, most of our careers suffering fools. Yeah, yeah. We, our peers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess we uh, we some of us suffer more fools than yeah. others. I well, guess I should say. Well, yeah. you make room, you know, because uh -huh. it's interesting. You, you know, in the in the I think in the second special where you, you know you set your sights on Rowan Atkinson. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, but you know I get it. You know, but but you know, as far as fools go, he's like the king of fools. And but mm. you know, as you get older in stand up, you're like, well, they, there is room for that, right, right. right. But you know, but it's yeah. not without reproach. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and even my, my, you know, I don't want to get into the details of the special. You know, I don't, you know, because you know, like explaining jokes is the death of comedy. So well, no, like, but you, I mean, but you're autobiographical enough where you can tell a story that, sure. without explaining a joke. Sure, and and for me, me talking about Mr. Bean is, you know, uh, it, it, I actually have tons of respect for right. any comic so me talking about Mr. Bean is actually for me that's more a story of British colonialism in sure. Singapore you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really what I'm talking yeah, about yeah right and, that. and that was a long you know that was a 15 minute setup <laughs> I know so again it's, not, it's, a, it's a risky bit of business but yeah, the one thing I can yeah. tell by who you are stylistically yeah. is that you know you're willing to take that risk yes, because yes. you know what's the worst that can happen is that it, it tanks <laughs> What's like happen is uh, people who don't appreciate stand comedy don't like it because it's not but, a TikTok bit. It's not a bit for TikTok. It's not. Yeah. Not only is it not a TikTok bit, yeah. but it's not a traditional joke, yeah. right? So like you know, you're executing an, an idea, mm. at the, you know that 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 unfolds, and yeah. there's many examples. It, it's interesting because I was watching this because I just shot a special and. You know, I saw where you made decisions, and I and I wonder, like, uh, with my own stuff, not that you know we're the same, uh, but like, you know, you set up uh, your closer as a callback at uh, the beginning, uh, and I noticed that. Yes, yes. But I really wonder, you know, just a regular person watching, yeah. if they caught that. Oh, you mean the second special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yes. No, you're very. I mean, thank you again. Uh, mutual <laughs> respect here from a from a seasoned pro who yeah. saw what I was trying to do. And I mean, my philosophy was: I don't know if people, everyone got it. Yeah. But um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You it's knew. It's, it's continuity, yeah. and also gives when you when you work with callbacks, which I didn't do till later. You know, because uh -huh. when I decided to start organizing uh -huh. as opposed to just talking, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, like it's satisfying. Yes. Right, because so, you know where you're going. I tell you what's satisfying seeing here with you and you telling me you caught it. It means that I did something. Well, there was right. another one too. But, there, like the because I, did, you know, structurally I did the same thing uh -huh. where where the second I knew that these callbacks were there, mm. but but they weren't like you know exact. Like if you call back a joke and yes. you repeat the punchline later, yes. they're like, oh shit. Yes, yes. But even when you know you're packing yeah, yeah, yeah. and the delivery guy comes yes, 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 and yes. you're like, you know, like not got no time. Yeah, yeah. You're like, it was fundamentally going against the whole yes, idea of yes. being an American. Yeah. So I saw that too. Exactly. You thank know? you. Thank you. I appreciate. No, that's very that's very kind of you. I think I got that from I I started doing comedy in Australia, uh -huh. which by the way is where I first saw you was when you came to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Oh my god. You don't remember that? I. I I do yeah, like but, I was like doing some painful. <laughs> I got some a painful of, hour. Uh, no, it wasn't painful. It was very well. Re you were very well respected by the yeah. comics at that time, and you yeah. came and yeah. and um uh and I you came to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I should give them a proper plug because that's where I got my start. 
and um, I was, you know, and and don't take us wrong way, but you were also kind of a comics comic. So yeah. when you came, every, all the comics were like, oh my man, yeah, go see him, go see yeah. him. About. And that festival format, uh, for as much as I hate that festival format idea of shows where you have to have a point and you you kind of shoehorn a. A, a, a character development. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's the worst because sure. because they don't have to be joke efficient, right? And exactly. it's annoying. It's, it can get indulgent and whimsical at worst, you know. But whimsical is the worst. Sure, sure yeah. Which yeah, is why, yeah. Um, I, I know I saw the special. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but but uh, one thing they did <laughs> teach me is is uh, there can be payoff with longer stories, and there can be callbacks. How to do a callback, and you know, as hacky as the idea is. That if you can set up a callback that you call back at the end, yeah, that kind of is what contributes to making a show feel like okay. a show. Exactly, but, right? Like, yeah, because I, you know, as a comic, you, you know, I would, you know, I was real loose for a long time, but I, but it, 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 it you realize, I don't know if it's hacky, but it's a trick. Yeah, you it, know, it, I it, say hacky to be kind of not to put it on, not to put stand up on a pedestal, but really, is it as hacky as saying that stories should have three act structures? And that sure. Joseph Campbell, but the hero's f- journey is that hacky? You know what I mean? Like, no, I get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 but 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 the funny thing is about a callback. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna make it what what you're gonna make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 subject matter is, it, is you know does it can be whatever you want. Yes. But but the the bottom line is, if you do them in an obvious enough way, the audience is always gonna think you're a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and then as you put it just now, as you're alluding to, there are even there are callbacks, and then there's there's. Hacky callbacks, of and then course. Yeah, so yeah. so hooks. even even that there's ways <laughs> yeah. to you know yeah, you gotta be careful. It's not yeah. a hook. Yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah like a, or a catchphrase. Exactly. Right. So yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. stuff like that. I I mean the second special, I think I unintent well intentionally increased the level of difficulty uh, difficulty for myself in a way which I probably will never do again. So really, yeah, I and what because you 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 were kind of going you didn't know if it was gonna land. No, I'm not even talking about the callback. The the material was the least of my worries. It's the presentation of that special which really worried me a lot. Um, because the lounge thing. Yeah. So every comic kind of wants to capture that small comedy club vibe. Sure. Very few, I think, actually manage to do that on camera. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a thing which is actually very hard to. It, because sometimes if you get it wrong, it just looks cheap and small. Yeah, I, well, right. I, yeah, I did uh, Thinky Pain. I did downstairs, you know, at, at the, around the corner from the cellar, and right. it was like two hundred people. Yeah, yeah. And and the weird thing is, is that like you know, you were smart in that everybody was kind of in the dark. You know, if you if you get that first row in the light, well, you know, you, well, the, no, you brought up a good point. That's hundred percent it. But then if you notice, because I shot in the round, yeah, so I got people behind me, yeah, so you can see them, yeah, the yeah but barely, like yeah. You know, literally, you could see like the whole front row, and yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, you know, many of the times they're not laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know, it's cameras on them, and then there's um, yeah, it's in the round. You know, performing the round is difficult. It, that that was like eighty people. Yeah, you know, less than eighty. So it became really that, yeah. So it became you know the level of diff- I just I stacked the cards against myself in that second special a little bit, maybe in a way which I'll probably never do again. So. And, you, <laughs> and you shot that first one over here. Yeah, yeah, in Glendale. So I got a lot I, of love I, for Glendale. I know that theater. I've never been yeah, in there, but yeah. it's nice. It's beautiful. And um, how'd you get set up with that place? What's it called? The Alex? Alex Theater. Uh, and Who? it was beautiful. And uh, we were looking for a place to film it quite last minute in the uh-huh. in the relative world of things. In the sense, I think it was two months. Yeah, which is quite last minute. Yeah. Um, looking for a nice theater. I wanted to shoot in L.A. That yeah. Was, that was my intent because my visual theme for the first special was. Um, 
American show business. Yeah. Classic American show business. Yeah. So I wanted to do it in LA. The drape red curtain. Right. And yeah. the fact that it was in Glendale for me was like, oh yeah, that's funny because it's not quite LA. Yeah. It's like you couldn't quite make it yeah, to LA. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, you know, we played off that. But really that was just a function of what was available to us, you know. So, so it was Alex Theater that And they need available. the business, the Alex Theater. Oh uh, I don't I mean I yeah I, I can't speak to that, but yeah. they were very welcoming yeah. to me. And that's um, nice. we shot it and I asked Joe Coy. Uh, because I, I was researching the theater beforehand, yeah. and Joe Coy shot in that theater, actually. He a did. special. Uh -huh. And so I, I asked him, hey, do you have any tips for this special? And he said, mic up the second balcony. Mic up the second floor. Yeah. Mic it up, because if you don't mic it up, you won't hear the laughter, and you're going to think you're bombing. Oh. And so he, he did two shows there, and he first show he thought he bombed, and then he said he mic'd up the second show so he could hear it. And he said, On the oh, monitors? Yeah, on the monitors. Uh -huh. and, and what great advice. Yeah. What great specific advice. It was real and, comics advice. And, and, and it worked. It made a, I think it made a difference. I'll never know because I never did it without micing up, but, yeah. but you know, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. And also speaks to that kind of comic, you know, um, peer respect, right? That yeah. he will come in. Yeah, he, he's so free. You know, Joe Coy is so free of his information. He's Sweet just, guy. Yeah, and it's practical information. Yeah, very practical. You, you know what I mean? It's a business thing. Yeah, and generous. Yeah, and positive. And and anyway, we filmed there, and uh, um, uh, it, it got on Netflix, and I think it got kind of. If I do see this myself, it, yeah, people kind of got behind it a bit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was great, yeah, and yeah. it was a, it was a, it was a good, it was a unique approach. Because it's interesting, you know, in, in, I don't know, in your life or, or, but I know in your presentation that, you know, you're, you're, you're taking sort of a, a satirical, but, you know, cutting line on America, but there, there's an honesty to the fact that you just want to, you know, be rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the honesty is in, if, if I'm, I'm here to, because I love performing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And this is the place for it. This right. is where it was invented. This but the funny thing is, it's like you do like this idea that, you know, you know, I, I just, you know, I tell, I tell jokes for money. Yeah. Is that like, but that's not, you, you're not really that guy. I mean, you are making a living doing stand-up, but yeah. you know, it, it does not strike me that that was your your primary intention was to tell jokes for to make oh, money. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, my primary intention is self-expression. Yes, and but, to do stand-up. Yeah. So I think the satirical point. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the benefit of the doubt. Is that um, is that I find it pretty is irony the right word that. All these people working really hard at life, yeah, rightfully so. But we just, you know, go on stage and we just we yell at people, we we complain about it's a things, hustle, we insult a, yeah. a large groups of people, yeah, and then suddenly we get money for it. I think it's pretty funny. It's great. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, that you managed to hack the system. Sure, you know. Hey, but I, I'm curious though because you don't take, you know, you don't take a. You know your cultural identification is what it is, and and certainly in that first special, mm. it was it, it was it was prominent and it was mm. I enlightening to me. But what what are you finding is your your audience? I mean, you're not you know you're not you're not Joe Coy. You know, you're not sure. you're not doing an international presentation, are you? How, sure. What is it like? I, I'm trying I'm trying not to. I'm I'm trying not that I don't want to be Joe Coy. I'm trying not to do a. I don't want to be the. I don't want to be just the foreigner in America making fun of America. Right. You know, I I want I I'm I'm hoping that I can be more than that. But you um, do like but but you but you do more than that. But I think also you amplify the Asian experience, which is you know a real thing. Sure. And and in in terms of and it's a culture that lives within the culture of America. Yes. <laughs> so I thought that you know I'd never seen it handled so well from any you know outside or you know person who's new here generationally new here 
right. you know, so so honestly integrated. Oh, thank you. Again, yeah. that's very high praise. Uh, <laughs> again, trying to not go for the easy uh, racial jokes, yeah. trying not to go for easy immigrant jokes. I think you know, ultimately it is part of my experience. So I think it makes its way into my self-expression. Sure. You know, but um, I try not to rely on that. I think my, my guiding light was always like, if it was comedy in general was like, if it's a joke that I feel someone else could have thought of, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah, yeah. You want, in you the want, same way. Yeah, and then you, you got to get rid of those jokes. Yeah. and then It's you, the worst. And then you kind of, you want to do a joke that no one else could come up with. That's yeah. what makes you a professional. Well, right? the, the funny thing is yeah. though, when you're, when you do the type of humor that you do, yeah. that like, you know, if you have one, you think it might be familiar. There's only like three guys you get a call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But know. isn't it weird that uh, in, in this digital world, uh, we still, that's a, such an analog, it, the analog way of doing comedy still works in the sense of like, the three guys you just mentioned, I'll literally be like, hey man, this joke is funny, but someone has got to have has done to this have before. It, yeah. and they're like, I haven't heard it. Yeah. I haven't heard it. And yeah. you get three, I haven't heard it. And you're, you're like, like, all right, okay, I I'll guess do we'll it. go. Good and then go. the special comes out and you see it three other yeah, places. Yeah, that, yeah. I know I'm watching <laughs> yours last night and you started talking about... Uh, well, you know, COVID's COVID, but yeah. it, but you start talking about stupid people, yeah. and I do uh, in my special it comes out in a couple of weeks. There's a whole chunk on on stupid people, but you did it like differently. But you saying we're saying the same thing, sure. but I took a more you know kind of fascist approach right. that 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 this is something more dangerous than just dummies. Sure, you know. Sure. But you know when you're when I'm watching, I'm like, oh fuck, and then. Right, right. Sometimes that happens. I mean, that happens to me too. Watching a par yeah. parallel thought. Right, exactly. But, but I do, I do think that there is something of we all express these ideas differently. I think so. Usually, you know? You know? unless unless you're well, you see something now, which you know I've become critical of, and it's gonna it's gonna bite me in the ass in a way that like I've got to accept because I you know I stand by it. Mm. But there is this idea of you know people you know saying controversial things uh, you know, yeah. specifically to do it. Yeah. So there's this kind of like you know these guys who are like uh, the anti woke guys. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> and they're yeah. they're hacks. Is that yeah, in the sense yeah. that like yes, you know yes. if that's your presentation, yes. it's like you know we you know we can't say what we want to say, and yes. they're all they yes. want to say is the same yes. three things. Yes. And and it's that like annoying to me. Yes, it's super annoying. And because there's a whole sort of you know army of people that are not in, in they're not essentially comedy fans. Yes. They're they're yes. followers. Yes, they are anti woke whatever. Followers. Whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, but it's yeah. like a tribalism, and yes, it's like yes, you yes. know I you know look I you know I'm a decent guy, right, right. but I'm not going to hold back. Hundred percent. So it, it's just sort of it, it's weird that it's become that there are these dividing lines. Yes, and of course you hit the nail on the head with that stuff in terms of like. Um, there's there's a couple of comic. Well, comedy has always been anti-establishment. Back to Bruce. Right? Yeah, well, the, if you if you do it correctly. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's kind of countercultural. It's a bit subversive. It's a little it bit edgy. Be. That's the point of it. And so I think you had throughout history of comedy, and let's just move it to right recently. Yeah, you've had a couple of guys who are kind of edgy in that they'll they'll poke the bear with yeah. fake stuff. And they're, but they're also great at comedy. Yeah. And so all these amateurs watch sure. these guys do it and go, that's what comedy is, just saying edgy stuff and make people angry. Yeah. They don't see the skill. They just see the right. the TikTok sure. 
insult or whatever. Or just and they then, look at it as an easy way in. Yeah. And is then, that they find their people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll find their people, they're a way to kind of monetize their a fan base. But the thing is yeah. the anti-authority thing. It's like even with the the way that the 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 the, the media uh, world is is yes. fragmenting yes. and that you don't need mainstream media to yes. to to succeed anymore. Yes. But the the thing is, is that like all this, the idea of anti-authority or 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 uh, you know rebelliousness, yeah. you know, once it's half the goddamn country, <laughs> you know, it's not really that anymore. Well, well, well here's the thing. I I agree with you, of course. Uh, but the the thing is that um, being anti-establishment is like uh, this is what Cal Kinane said one time. You know, he just told me like. You know, being a comic, comedy is supposed to be anti institution. We're supposed to make fun of institutions, sure. and then suddenly you look up one day, and suddenly you're the institution, right? You know, and and so what, what I'm trying to say is that like the left and the right both have their institutions, bubbles. So so sometimes you're sure. making fun of the left, yeah, and and because they started out as a, a grassroots thing, but then they they became an institution unto itself. That's of course. Kind of, so to your point of like of like half the country's rebellious. I still, I think that that just means that you can make fun of the that extreme left and extreme right. I do, no, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. like we outside of left and right, uh-huh. sometimes the bear you're poking uh-huh. is a guy you know. Right. So right. so it's a matter of like, what, are you willing to take that yes, risk? Yes. I mean, you know. You, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying now. And for me personally. Like Rowan Atkinson. Right. Like I, I doubt he's going to give a fuck. <laughs> About you know about yes, what you said, yes, yes, but you yes. use them as an example. No, that's a great example. I and you, I and you made saying. a choice. I hear what you're saying, and for me, uh, you're absolutely right. There is a thing where suddenly, you know, I I just think that there's this unspoken rule honor among thieves of stand up comics. You know, I and you're older than me, so you've seen a lot more. But no, like no, I said, no, my, there is. But I've cr- I've crossed it before, and yeah. and you know, it's a weird thing. Okay. You know that that you know, you, you know, hey man, you you can say whatever you want, which I believe is true. Oh. But you know, years ago, you know, I took a shot at you know Adam Sandler fans, uh-huh. and <laughs> and uh, and you know, it came back to him. Yes, and then he yes. comes up to me uh-huh. years ago and uh-huh. says, you know, why why are you why are you talking shit right, about me? I'm right. like, you're a cultural institution. Right, right. I mean, you right. represent something. Right, right, right. Like if I, you know, what we all, we, there's so many of us. I got to respect every fucking. Uh, you, you know what I mean? I think this is where we might we might have a point of difference. Yeah, because for me. I was, uh, someone described me as some, like a grateful immigrant mindset. Yeah. I was so happy to come to America. All my comedy heroes are yeah. here. When I mean that, all I have is utmost respect for everybody's body of work, you know, up to a point. But that point has to be something heinous or or really egregious. But if the, if it's just an artist making that thing, doing that thing, I'm like, man. Of course. Yeah, I'm, I, I, so I, I'm, so I'm, that's I'm, why I don't go after comics because for me, I consider it like, oh. But 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 you did. And, no, and, and, sorry, and American the, comics. Yeah, and the point is, is like you know, I understand what you're saying, <laughs> yeah, and I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at some point, you know, once somebody dictates Mm-mm-mm. part of the establishment culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from anyone's yeah, craft yeah. or process yeah. or or what they've contributed. You're talking to the about culture. making fun of institutions, as I said before, when people become an institution. That's right. Yes, I. It's tricky. Yeah, theoretically. <laughs> You're totally <laughs> no. You're totally you're totally right, and yeah. and that's also why you're a countercultural figure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're I willing did. to go after. Yeah, the and I have a limited appeal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, it's just I got I just got a lot of love for all the American comics I grew up watching. You know, sure. and it took me a long time to come here. Well, where where, where were you? Where did you start your life? You were born. You weren't born in Australia. I, I yeah. Uh, I was born in 
Malaysia. Yeah. Johor Bahru, Malaysia. And then uh, my parents went to New Hampshire College. Um, quite, New Hampshire College. Yeah, quite late in life. Actually, it's a community college that has since merged with Southern uh, University of Southern. So, so you were in the states? Yeah, yeah. So, so when After I was Malaysia. when I was three years old, my parents actually decided to go get a college degree. So uh-huh. they brought two kids and they went to America with no financial Brother, support. Brother, sister. Yeah, me and my sister. And so we lived in America while they completed their uh, undergrad and masters. And then they moved back. What they what they study? They studied like. Um, uh, business and I think my dad did a master's in economics then my mom did a master's in uh, uh, MBA uh-huh. uh, and and so we're the immigrants who came and then we went back sure to so Malaysia like, went back to Malaysia yeah. uh, and then after Malaysia we went to Singapore so for me Malaysia and Singapore it's like New Hampshire uh, sorry it's like New York New Jersey yeah so when people always ask me like are you Malaysian or Singaporean yeah. I'm like Dude, I live on the border town of, yeah. of Malaysia. So I would wake up in Malaysia and then go to school in Singapore. Right. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, sure. So for me, uh, you know, where I was in Malaysia, I would go in and out of Singapore all the time. So I, I, I spent 10 years in Singapore after that. So our immigrant story was that we, we, were, we only went for college. So we went back. You yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. why we have American kind of knowledge, but not a chip on our shoulder. We want, we want in America long enough to be mistreated. We want, you know, we and as we, a family, you mean. as a family, or even individually, you know, yeah. as a kid, there's no racism in. Uh, well, I'm lucky. In I New never Hampshire. saw. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, man. I, I mean, know. maybe I was too young to see. I was no, four years, no. Yeah. I mean, like, look, man, you, you at know, at that so, level, you know, there's no right. There's there's always racism, but now it's like you, you, there's something weird that's happening in the struggle for uh, uh you, you know, dominance culturally. Uh-huh. That you, you know, because of how much attention is paid uh, to a dialogue ar- around racism that there's a normalization going on uh that's a little disturbing in the sense well in the sense that racists feel a little more comfortable being racist well (laughs) you know what if they're comfortable say that stuff say that shit and let us know let us know your inner thoughts yeah so we know that you're fucked up well they are they are yeah and i i still believe there's more good people than bad people in america and i still believe that when these racists out themselves most people yeah uh, are going to be upset at them. And I don't think that, you know, the internet is reality. Sure. And also, you know? like, most people will be upset with them and then they'll just find the people that aren't yeah. upset with them and they'll do shows yes. for them. Yes. <laughs> that And that's literally what happened. I know. But it won't be, you know, but you know the deal. It's not as good as people make it out to be. They- no, no, I think so. I think a lot of people are just quietly living their lives. Yes. Most people are not on Twitter. Yes. yes. You know, sadly, a lot of people are on Facebook and they got their minds fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. I, I, I do believe that you're probably right. Most mm. people are just, you know, living their lives yes. and trying to do good. I, I yeah. think that the end of the first special you know is very touching oh thank you thank both you. of them actually thank you uh well i mean the the subway story is on the first one though right yes yes. yeah that's yes, good thanks for I watching. Mean, because uh you know because like there was i i think that that message of humanity at the you know, sort of as the arc of what you find is interesting and also bad about america and, and also where you come from and who yeah. you are yeah. that that moment was a solid solid ending Thank you. But like that kind of stuff, you worked that out in a comedy club? Yeah, I managed to figure it out at uh, one of the best in the country, Madison on State, which is such the a- The best. So, it's so interesting, it's the, the best, best clubs. Like Acne, that's, the stage Madison. is a little high, right? Like, yeah, the stage it, is a little high, but still- but it's, it's great. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Those two are great clubs. Yeah. Acme's great. Yeah. So you, so, oh, so you did runs there to, to kind of pull it all together. Yeah. Well, to be honest, um, the way it happened was I was just happy to tour in America. I was- 
I was looking to do comedy clubs. I was looking to live that life when I came here. So I was book. I was being booked. My agents were yeah. booking me at these A rooms, which I really appreciated. Yeah. So called A rooms, and and truthfully, they were. And I had I wasn't preparing for a special. I was just touring for the sake of touring. I was just doing. But, but it you, do you do it like I mean? I tend to write on stage. You know, yes. I have I write things down. So yes. you're working it all out, and yes. then to see if it sticks, it sticks. Yes, that's, I write on stage. Yeah. And in fact, I remember the reason I brought Madison is because I remember that's the first time I said that story out loud. Yeah. On stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like because that's the only way I've been able to work. Yeah, you know, too. and like, and I I'm very hard on myself about mm. that because like, you know, when you see people that are like, you know, straight up joke writers, you're like, yeah. why the fuck can't I just do that? Yeah. And I realized that all of the joy for me is the joy of discovery. Like, you know, like if you just sit and write jokes like yes. math problems, yes. you know, for me, you know, I've done jokes like that. They, they've, they've happened. Yes. And but you get bored with them. Yes. Because, you know, it's sort of like, OK, that works. Yes. But when you execute something that that is evolving. Yeah. It's pretty great. No, 100 percent. I used to say, well, I didn't used to say, I still say like the only time I don't know about you, but the only time me as a standout comic can have a good gig. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying a good spot yeah. is if I do the material and everything killed. I had a good interaction with a crowd and yeah. it killed and I did something new that killed and I improv so that you know exactly what I mean? yeah and so uh, that's what you're speaking about is like if I if all those things didn't happen I'll just say like oh, I okay. it's okay it's yeah, okay. yeah. It's, for me it's always that thing that came out of nowhere yes, yes. and it, I, you know I guess it's improv but a lot of times like I get punchlines from I don't know where they come from yeah, like same. it's the, the way I usually characterize it is is that if I'm backed into a corner, yeah. you know, I'm not going to fight. Yes. I'm going to make jokes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to sort of like yeah. get out. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm I... I'm the same. Yeah, that's what I do on stage. I'm the same. I'm the same. And 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 like, there's those moments where you like, like even on my special, uh -huh. two things happened that never happened before and they were perfect. Yes. And right. I was like, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, magic on the day. It is magic. Magic on the day. Alchemy is alchemy. Something go from go from nothing. Yeah, and and then yes. they become the the, heart, the strongest punchlines. Like I always think about, it. it's like why was that delivered to me? Yes, I know yes. it come from my brain. Yes, yes, yes. But it was delivered. Same. Uh, I feel the same. I feel exactly the That's same. That's the magic, right? It is the magic. And and the only way you can have, well, in my opinion, the only way you can have magic on the day is if you have magic on the page already. Yeah. And you know also I mean? if you're open to it. Yeah. You're open to it. Yeah. You got, I mean, I've done specials and things where- And I you're not relying so, on it. You're right. not relying no, you on magic yeah. on the day. Yeah. yeah. And you don't get, there's a, you, you got to get to a point and you seem to have gotten there earlier than me where you, you honestly are comfortable enough and, and, and don't give a fuck in some ways enough- <laughs> to let it happen. Do, do you, you know what I mean? You have to be comfortable to let those moments happen. Yeah. Yes, yes. But I think that comfort for me came from just like constantly gigging. Yeah, of to course. To the point where you have an out-of-body experience yeah. when you're doing your material and then you're so free with it. You can. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so you're in Singapore for till uh, you're how old? Uh, I, I was in Singapore till I was 17, 18. Oh, so now are you taking comedy in? Is it something that's moving you early on? Are you being pulled different directions? What's I'm, happening? Yeah, no, I nothing to do with comedy. Um, uh, watching a lot of local uh, Singaporean comedy, which is not stand-up, you know, it's just TV comedy. Is it broad? Yeah, very broad. Very yeah. broad. Uh, the only, the only inkling of stand-up comedy I had in my head was one was when I was when I was four years old, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Um, the Seinfeld will come on TV sure. and we watch as a family. Yeah. And he would do the bits in between. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. What, and then I told my, I remember telling my mom, I want to try that sometime. Really? She said, yeah. Go, when no, you're sure. four, that's good. Yeah. yeah. But, but I never did anything about it. 
for 20 years. You know what, what were I mean? you doing? What were you thinking your life was going to be? Oh, I was trying to, I was just living in Singapore, which is a very, uh, very specific experience. And, How um, so? It, it's, it's a no very specific country. It's not, it's in between, you know, it's English speaking and it's also um, Chinese culture um, uh, facing. Yeah. But it's not completely Chinese. It's very unique Chinese diaspora. You know, uh-huh. it's nothing to, very, uh, very different to Hong Kong and China and Taiwan. It's its own kind of little thing, you know, closer to Malaysia. Uh-huh. Um, what well, I can't—the population is like five million or something. Small, small. So it has its own thing. So it's like a, but it's a first world country. Yeah. So it's almost like Wakanda in yeah. that way. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is. It's Asia Wakanda. Yeah. It, you know the. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's safe. Yeah. Uh, healthcare is great. Yeah. Education system's great. Culturally, probably like, yeah, uh, not a lot of freedom of speech there. You know. Why. Um, that's just how they govern there. They the Lee Kuan Yew that uh, decided to prioritize uh, economic survival over, um, you know, uh, chewing gum and being able to say whatever you want. Because at that time he was the, the founder of Singapore was fighting uh, communists uh-huh. for control of Singapore, and so when he because of that they had to kind of crack down a lot on on people's ability to kind of express themselves and criticize the government. Oh, so you're saying in newspapers and publicly and whatever, yeah, but at yeah. home you're okay. There's no. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, no microphones in the yeah, houses. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no microphones yeah, in the houses. Yeah. Not, not super draconian. A little yeah. bit kind of uh, authoritarian, maybe, but not, not like, yeah. Um, uh, and and uh, that my second experience with stand-up comedy was they were broadcast just for laughs. From Singapore, yeah, and I didn't know it was Canada. I, I, you know, time. I was wondering where they broadcast that because I've done so many of those galas and no one's ever fucking seen them. Maybe Singapore. I should go to Singapore. You should go to Singapore, <laughs> man. They were brought in the nineties. They were showing on TV. I remember watching this and going. And to be fair, it wasn't. Um, they want like global superstar comics. They sure. were just showing the comics. Yeah, just yeah, the, yeah. the solid headline experience, yeah. funny headliners. I was watching this and going, man, this stuff is really funny, man. And yeah. And uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I, but again, I never did anything about it because in Singapore, there's no infrastructure for that. Yeah. The concept of stamp comedy, there's maybe one or two guys who are performing live. Yeah. Um, but so, were you studying something else? Did you have another oh, yes. plan? So, so I went to Australia when I was 18 to, and I went to law school. Oh, and, your family didn't go to Australia? They no. were always in Singapore? Yeah. That's where you, and you, okay. Yeah, my sister was went to Australia for medical school. Younger sister? Older sister. Yeah. And so I went to Australia. It's almost It was almost like the path of least resistance because she was already there. It was, uh, to be honest, at that time, I was very much trying to get out of Singapore. Yeah. So I, 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 went to Sing, I went to Australia for law school. And then I, because uh, law school in Australia is undergraduate. Interesting. And, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that was a, so you thought that would be it. Was that yeah. did you find that that was a, a reaction to to pressure from uh, your yeah, folks? I mean, yeah. a doctor and a lawyer, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it was a bit of a definitely they they pushed uh, us in those directions, but I will say my sister took to medicine quite like um, quite organically. Like Is she, she a specialist? She's an anesthesiologist. Oh, okay. And she was a great student yeah. and her 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 personality type was just perfect for that 
academic, rigorous academic study. She loved it. She was great yeah, at yeah, it, yeah. you know. Uh, so it just so happened that they pushed us, but they pushed a kid who, in my opinion, my sister was always destined to be a doctor. Sure. So they just pushed her into what she was yeah, supposed to do anyway. Yeah. And then for me, um, I, I kind of don't blame my parents for going to law school. I wanted to go because I went to really bad schools in Singapore. I was yeah. from very neighborhood, uh, shitty schools. Yeah. And so going to law school was my way of kind of proving myself to the world of like, you guys got it wrong. I wasn't this dumbass i actually right. could get into the best law school in australia right so that's what happened i got into the best law school in australia and i was there and i was the worst law student <laughs> in the best law school in australia yeah, yeah, I had yeah. terrible grades but at that time i was still like oh i just gotta i'm, I'm gonna get a law degree i i did two degrees at once i did a commerce degree and a law degree at the same time and i was gonna I'm, in, in my head i was like, oh i'm gonna go back to singapore and become a lawyer in singapore did like, you want did you have any respect for the law I mean, it would seem I that given so. the nature of 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 authoritarianism or mild authoritarianism yeah. in Singapore, yeah. that yeah. it would be fairly restrictive, and you'd have to be operating uh, beholden to a to the government on some level as sure. a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. No, I, Singapore is you know two sides of the coin. So one side is authoritarian. That's that's the ugly way to look at it. Yeah. And the flip side, the positive way to look at it, is that they're very rule based. Mm. So it's very orderly. Right. When you're there, it's very orderly. And, and so that's why businesses would, do business it would make It would make uh, law a little simpler. Uh, it, law is, I don't know if it's simpler there, but it's... It, it's very bureaucratic okay. and it's it's actually efficient. It's yeah. a very efficient country. In fact, the UN lists it as its healthcare system as like the third most efficient in the world. Oh, yeah. It's a very efficient country. Yeah. So uh, they respect the rule of law there and they respect systems that make sense. So everything in Singapore makes a lot of sense. When you go there, there's no dumb lines that, yeah. you know, like every everything government oriented is very logical. It'll be... The what's the best for it the people? It seems like you have that kind of brain, though. I mean, you're not. It doesn't Efficiency, seem like, yeah. You're not like a, a math guy, but you sure. But you like you, a lot of the themes in your yeah, in your yeah. comedy are yeah. sort of like A plus B equals C. You yeah, know, yeah. Don't fuck with it. Yeah, efficiency. <laughs> yeah. I, log, logical efficiency. Yes, I think yes. is yeah. And which uh, because I grew up in that, so yeah. when I don't see in other countries, I'm always like, guys. Yeah, yeah. There's a better way to yeah, do it. It's simple. You know? Yeah. Look. <laughs> Yeah, it's simple. So that that frustration drives a lot of it. And then, um, yeah, so in Singapore, uh, I, I was going to go back uh, and become a lawyer. But then what happened was at my university, uh, University of Melbourne, yeah. there was a campus comedy competition, a stand-up competition. And every year I would sign up. And then every year I would like, like not show up, chicken Freak up. out, yeah. Yeah, and then my final year of law school, I was like, well, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to get to do this. So I signed up yeah. and I spent two weeks just like freaking out over material oh, yeah. and trying to figure it out. That's the whole first 10 years of stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, I, I actually won that competition and then that got me into, that. it got me hooked. And then I just started looking for gigs outside of university. It was, it was a good scene there, right? Melbourne it's, had it, a few clubs it, or? In, with, with the perspective I have now, glo by global standards, Melbourne has a great scene. By American New York standards, it, it you know, in it, it's it, nothing can hold a candle to. Of New course, York. well, yeah. They, they, yeah. They, in the whole world, but it, but exactly. there, I remember, yeah, I had one of the worst experiences of my life in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard something about yeah. this, but I was I obviously didn't know you at that time. Oh, no, and it was like in the nineties, ninety probably oh, ninety four. Okay. Then what happened? I like 
Well, nothing. I just took a gig at, at a place called The Last Laugh. I don't even know if it was still yes, there. Yes, the you Melbourne were... Collins Street. Yes, yeah. that's an old comedy club. Right. And, uh, you know, the guy booked me out of New York right after I left, you know, right before I left New York as a headliner. And yes. I, I was a middle at best. I just didn't have the time. Okay. But I took the gig and it was like a four-week run with one week of preview. So it was like a five-week commitment. Right, right. And I was just like struggling that first week to uh-huh. get the hour done and do uh-huh. the time. And, right. you know, it was like, um, you know, the, the structures of the show was fucking with me right. you know they had the, they had like a host and then they had like these two women one of them had an accordion and then they brought on a guy who closed by escaping from a a, a straight jacket on okay. a unicycle and then they had an intermission it was like and a then me, cruise ship it was like a variety show right, right and i just like you know the week of previews i was just pulling teeth and i didn't like being away from home and right, i was just right. i was losing it right and the first night you know i just bombed so hard dude right. like i got up there and like someone said you know where'd you get that jacket and i just froze and for like 45 minutes all i could hear were the embers of my cigarette burning <laughs> and they sent me home and i was so grateful they were just sort of like this isn't working out you oh know? and yeah. but like it was horrible uh-huh. but you know and i i'll never forget it but it was one of the worst experiences of my life but it was <laughs> my own fault i just couldn't okay. i didn't have the time i took a job i couldn't handle okay and it was so weird because i for years you know i had this weird memory and then i went to scotland and i realized that the host edinburgh yeah yeah, and I, I've only gone there once. I'll never go back. But okay. I, I went there, and and the host, like it was Greg Fleet. Yeah, and, yeah. And and I recognized him. This is like you know twenty yes, years later or yes. whatever. I'm like, oh, you were there, and yes. he's like, yes, you know. And it was so funny. That's yeah. so that's so funny. I haven't heard an American say the word Greg Fleet in a while. He's an OG. Melbourne. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Real. Did, did, like, you, did you go see uh, Jeff Stilson? When, when sure, you, in, I knew Stilson here. Right. Yeah, he, yeah. He was in Aust- Melbourne at the yeah. time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He moved there for a bit. Yeah, because yeah. he's married to, I don't know where he is now. He's married to an Australian, I think. Yeah, but he's in LA. He's been in LA for the last uh, almost eight years, I would say. That's so weird. I should interview him. Yeah. He's great, man. Stilson, any comedy club w- worth its salt in America, if yeah. you go there, you'll see his photo on the wall. No, he was great, dude. You know? And I think he was like... Um, he wrote for Letterman, I yes, think. Yes, he wrote for he won many Emmys for Letterman. Yeah. And then um he he came to Australia and you would see him at these like bar bar shows in Melbourne. And he would come and he was so down to earth and so humble, you wouldn't yeah. guess that he's the most qualified comic in the country at that time. He would come and be like, Hey, um, do you mind if I get some stage time? You know, I I do start for Letterman. I have some Emmys. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah of course, man. And, and he had great jokes. <laughs> yes, he was. A, he's a great joke writer. And also, not that I guess this doesn't matter anymore. But like, he was. A, he's a great person. Yeah, nice guy. Very generous with his time. S T I L S O N. Right. Yes, Stilson. I didn't fucking interview him. You got to get him, man. He's a connection to a previous world. Oh, I know, dude. I like those guys, and I know him. And that's so weird, dude. Yeah, he's still touring, man. He op- he works with uh, Lewis Black sometimes. That's yeah, an opening for Lewis Black. So you okay? So you win the comp- competition. Oh, yeah. Now you're doing mics. Yeah, so I'm doing mics, and my whole thing from the start was like I kind of figured out pretty quickly. Like I don't want anyone I know to ever come for these gigs because I yeah, want to yeah. prove myself to total strangers who are not invested in your outcome. And also, I I just didn't want the pressure of my family there or yeah, friends. Yeah. Like yeah. when I was starting out in New York, I would make the comics leave. <laughs> if when I first got into the cellar and I saw a tell uh-huh. come into the room, I'm like, get out. That's really I can't funny. do it. That's really funny. Get I, out. I, I, had, I didn't have the clout you had to chase comics out of the room. But well, I, they I, were my contemporaries. Yeah. So it, we were all the same time. Yeah. But uh, I, I, um, I would do it. I just wanted to test myself in public. So yeah. I just kept doing it. And in Melbourne, 
uh, it's kind of like when I was starting out, if you could get one gig a month, you were like killing it because that's how for a mic. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, so you can go on every every week. No, no. Eventually, you will work your way. Let's say I, I was doing it for a year. Uh, two years, and then you build a little bit of a reputation, and then you could get on like maybe once a week. Who are the people? Uh, who are your contemporaries there in Australia? Yeah, uh, Nazim Hussein, Matt O'Kine, Tommy Little, Nick Cody, a um, uh, bunch of guys. These guys were probably my peers. And what was interesting about us on uh, Reese Nicholson, who's uh, wasn't Arch Barker the king of Australia? For well, Arch Barker's still the king of Australia. He's great. Weird, I play poker huh? with him. Oh, yeah, you did? Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy, man. Yeah, yeah no, I, him. I knew him when he was before he left in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, he found a place where he could make a ton of money. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, the thing about all my peers was that we, um, we couldn't get on TV to save our lives, partially because. There weren't vehicles for us, really. In Australia. In Australia. And also, to not to pat ourselves on the back, but we were a little... We were green, but we were a little... We were definitely the countercultural vibe because, you know, Reese Nicholson, um, um, gay man, um, me being what I, whatever I am, Nazim, um, um, Muslim, Sri Lankan. Yeah. Um, and so, we there, were, we there was no place for us on TV. And because of that, we just did live. And it kind of worked in our favor because you would hear about us, but then the only way you could see us was to come live. Yeah. And so we kind of built a following. So all my peers, we kind of built a live following. So it was yeah. not, I mean, I, I think that- Without TV. So people. it was kind of alt comedy, but not really. I not mean, it really, was, yeah. It, you really. were just, you know, had to find your own place. Yes, we had to find our own place and, and thankfully live was it. And um, we, we were, yeah. And who were you watching? Who was influencing you? Because I, I feel like there's definitely markers- Yes, and yeah. like, but like, who who were the guys where you would you saw a template, um, like as as a fan? Uh, there were a lot of guys, man. I actually, uh, uh, Bill Burr was obviously yeah. huge. Um, and I'm so glad he actually EP'd my special. Yeah, so I'm glad to be friends with him. You know, um, which uh, one, the new one or the first? Both one? of them, yeah. both of them. Yeah, and I opened for him in Australia. That's why yeah. I met him, and um, he was so super cool to me. Uh, I love uh, Todd Berry. I think Todd Berry is yeah, great. Yeah, he's great. I, I love. Um, uh, I get a lot of inspiration from um, from Chappelle. Not yeah. not so much in uh, not so much obviously in uh, our our styles, but just aesthetics and and how he can talk about structure. Yeah, longer yeah. stuff. Yeah. and you know he's a very uh, super funny, obviously, and um, so stuff like never that. looked at any Hicks. Uh, uh, Bill no, Hicks? No, no. I, I, I watch Bill Hicks for sure, but I feel like Bill Hicks is a very, it's it, that style is actually very hard for anyone to, uh, for anyone to try to even attempt. Yeah. Because he's making great jokes, great points, and he's doing it in such an easy manner. Yeah. And people without that skill, it, it, you you end up being just very self-indulgent, I feel. So, right, right. So, uh, but there is a, 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 a what you do push. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you do push people, uh, you know, in sure. the sense that like you're going to, you know, take them to the edge. Sure, sure. And hopefully hope, relieve so. it. I hope yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that, I kind of got that from Chappelle probably, yeah, the yeah. idea of going to the edge of a long story. The, what's it called? Shaggy Dog story? Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, and then you, hopefully you can release it. Uh, I I think that there, a lot of it was also, um, I realized like I was, my, for me, comedy was always a expression of 
anger and things that frustrated me. Yeah. For, right from the start. So I won't say that that was influenced by anyone's style. That's always how I naturally just... Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to say stuff that I was pissed off about. And I remember I was maybe two or three years into comedy. I've been doing it for, you know, not that long, but I, I've been doing more shows than I was watching. So I hadn't watched a comedy show in a while yeah. as an audience member. Right. And so I, I remember I was maybe two or three years in and I went to go watch a comedy show right. just, just to fucking do it. Do yeah. it. And I remember sitting there and I remember feeling like, man, you know what? These guys, everyone in the audience, you don't know what's going on in their lives. You know, some, you don't know what the hell these guys are going through. People here yeah. might be dealing with horrible tragedies. Yeah. They came here to kind of escape for a bit. Yeah. They're, they're here for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. They pay money. They, yeah. they want to laugh and, and, and they... I it's so it's so dumb to say, but I just gained a new empathy for the audience, and so how that affected me on stage was that my my anger I used to be yelling at the crowd, which right. which you can do for five minutes or ten minutes, but an hour is like come on yeah. man. So that experience of sitting and gaining empathy for the audience for me it became like oh I need to get the audience to let's all get angry at this thing together. Yeah, you know, let me point something out. Let's let's this thing is so stupid. It's not yeah. personal, and to the point where I don't even like to talk to the crowd if I can help it because I feel like I don't even want to put them through that, you know? Like, obviously, a fun interaction is always fun or whatever. But, yeah. But it just became like, you know what? I'll give these guys the benefit of the doubt that they've had a long day and that they're yeah. here for me. Yeah. Even if it's not my show. Yeah. And so... Let me just, you know, bring you. Let's let's yeah, not don't them. don't yell at him for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Don't abuse them, which yeah. I think it's a tendency. Sure, I do it. Yeah, like I think like performing artists with ego, as we all do. Sometimes yeah. we we just you know we take it out on the crowd. Yeah. When really it, you you know, we should be bringing them on. For me anyway, I bring them on it, and then obviously if they piss me off, I'll, I'll fucking take it on them. Sure. But like. But like it all comes out though. Like it, yeah, yeah, once you turn over the new leaf and you're just gonna be an entertainer, uh, all it takes is one asshole and oh. like an entire history of rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try not to take out the whole thing. And and being in control of your emotions and and having one thing about stand up is I feel like the more experience you get, the more you you felt all these different types of energy. Sure. Right? And oh, so yeah. and because of that, you're less you freak out less when you feel yeah, energy. you can feel like people yeah. don't realize it, but you know, you can like when the opener's on, you can feel a room. Yes. I mean, you like just by the audience, yes. even if it's not you. Yes. Like, you know, the difference between the rumbling of a second show crowd versus a first show crowd. Yes. I mean, you can feel it immediately. 100%. Yeah. And you can even feel specific situations like. Oh, that table. Yeah, that table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, this heckle is. Oh, yeah. this is the fun heckle. They're probably not going to sure. say it again. Yeah, yeah. Or this is the. Oh, they're not going to let me continue yeah. the show yeah, energy. If, and you feel these different energies. And the more you felt the energies, the less you get freaked out by sure. it. Yeah, because you, know? you can handle it. You can handle it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in the back of your head, maybe it's like worst case scenario. What's going to happen is that I did my work. These right. guys suck. Well, what do you want me to do about it? You know? Well, that's uh, right. right. Well, the, you know that. Ha right. Yeah. Stuart Lee talked about that with me. That like he had a realization that, you know, you know he's just not everybody's cup of tea. Yes. So yes. like if you're looking out at an audience and somebody is not laughing, yeah. as opposed to being like, you know, what the fuck is your problem? Just realize like, yes, you should have done a little research. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Right. 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 Don't blame the audience. You know, or give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, well just yeah. say like, sorry, I'm not your. You know, yeah. this is not going to work out for you. Right. So you know, what are you going to do? Right. But uh, so you, how, how did you get the Daily Show? You're, you're working in Australia? You're yeah. making a living? So I, uh, I finished law school in, uh, and I did two degrees in five years. Yeah. And then I spent the next five years doing stand-up comedy. And it was for a, money? For money, yeah, for money. In and Australia? In Australia. And I was building, I, 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 I kept getting kind of mini wins 
you know, enough wins to keep like me what? going. Oh, you know, like uh, I would, I would sell out this room, and then I would, uh, I would win this award, and then yeah. I would sell out this bigger room, and then I get on TV for this small thing, and then. You know, you you get a bad review, yeah, sure. and then you 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 sell a bigger. How, how often did you do Edinburgh? I did it th- three times. I hate it every single time, and I'll never go back. Yeah, I love the city. Oh the, no, it's the, beautiful. The, the, the I went beautiful. once, and I'll never yeah. go back. Yeah, <laughs> but the Fringe Festival not for me. Um, yeah. uh, but I respect the Fringe Festival as a marathon, and this is me. I couldn't hack it, so that's not the festivals thing. It's sure. Me. I couldn't hack it there, but um, I tried. I gave it a good try. You yeah. Know? And I talk about it in my second special. I know. I, going, I know. I knew what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, about going back there. And, and you know, again, not not to go in and out, but this, that story, is, what I hope is that people watching that, my actual point was, the joke is that I'm angry at the UK because I couldn't hack it there. Sure. So that, but, yeah. but you're also rightfully angry, angry at critics who don't do anything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> which is a broader point. Right, right. Yeah. A broader point, yeah. I think you should be creating more than you complain. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, and, and so I, in Australia, what happened was that I was at a point, I wasn't, I didn't have a TV vehicle at that time, and I wasn't uh, Arch Barker, yeah. but I was kind of like, not to pat myself on the back, but I was kind of like the Hannibal of Australia mm-hmm. at that time. Not that I was as good as Hannibal, but that I had I was doing theaters yeah. and without a TV vehicle. Right. So I was just came, gaining a live following, and then uh, I was you know I could I was being invited to just for laughs. You're making all, a living. Making a living, yeah, yeah. A decent living, and um, uh, it uh, I got uh, I went for just I went to just for laughs one year, and I did a gig with uh, Trevor on the Eddie Izzard gala. And he, he, I think I was there that year because I interviewed, I did a live WTS with Trevor and Eddie. It must have been that year. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, That was, and then he, uh, Trevor said very nice things about me, but we, you know, we, we didn't even exchange numbers or anything. And then two years later, when he got a daily show, I get this, um, request to audition. And I'm like, oh, this I was like, this has to be Trevor because yeah, right. they wouldn't know otherwise. And so because of that, uh, I auditioned, I got hired, and Trevor was like, yeah, I wanted you to come on because I wanted an um, Asian person on the show because it's a big fucking population. And I was like, damn, thanks, man, because I'm sure he had more talented friends who he was closer to at that time when he got the show. Yeah. But he said, go with this guy who, I, you know, we... we, we he, he just didn't have enough Asian closer for him. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. <laughs> but he, he he stuck his neck out for me. And so when I... That that contributed to my gratefulness in America. I was sure. like, damn, you know, this he everyone here gave me a shot, you know. So it's by like, the time you come here, you're, you know, you're a headlining comic. In in Australia, yeah, but yes. you had the ju- you had the chops. I I th- I I hope I had the chops. Of course you but, did. But I doing? but I came with you know a lot of humility and and one thing was that tr- uh, John Oliver actually told me this because when I first got the job at the Daily Show, I went to go meet with Oliver in his office. Yeah. And, and the Daily Show alumni is like Harvard Business School. Yeah. Like so many people, not just on camera but off camera. Yeah. And so he, when he heard I was correspondent, he immediately said, "Yeah, come to my office at eight a.m." before the day starts. So I went to his office and we talked and John Oliver told me that it took him two years to relearn how to do comedy in America. And he was spot on to the day. Yeah. Because if you're a headliner in another country, you can come to America and you can kill for 10 minutes, you can kill for 20, you might even kill for 40, but you'll be killing on the, uh, oh, I'm... 
uh, I'm not from America. Yeah. This is what you can do in America. That's yeah. kind of weird. And you can kill for that. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. But I feel like after six months, eight months, nine months of that, one year of that, the audience can kind of smell that like, wait a second, you've been here long enough. This shouldn't surprise you anymore. Yeah. And then that's when it starts to crumble. And so the 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 thing that Oliver was trying to tell me was that it took him two years to learn enough about American culture that you could joke about it in a way which even Americans can be like, oh, right, yeah. As someone who lives here. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah. we know we have a lot of guns. Like, yeah, like yeah. tell something we don't know. Yeah. You know? Oh, that, that's a good point. Right. And it took me two years to do that. I remember when I could feel it, it was literally two years to the day. No kidding. And I was like, damn, okay, I got I got something here where I'm joking about in the first special, I'm kind of joking about America, but I'm, at least I'm saying something I, I hope that is... Is not too, you know, like hacky immigrant yeah. stuff. So in those five years, like you're from 2015 and yeah. you're doing the Daily Show, you got yes. a hell of a schedule yeah. and you're running around doing, yes. you know, four or five spots a night in yes. New York. It's a dream. It was a dream. Yeah. It still is a dream. Yeah. Continues to be a dream to work at a Daily Show and then at night book, book gigs and run around Manhattan and Brooklyn and wherever doing stand-up spots. Yeah. Is the fucking dream. You know, I watched it. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedian. Yeah. You watch him driving his Porsche up and then go down the cellar. And I'm like, this dude doesn't need to work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. That's true. He could stop working. That's He'd true. be fine. He's got yeah. enough money to whatever. Yeah. And he's going out there and it's just this, you can't. Well, yeah, it's it's either in you or it isn't. Yeah. And like, you know, like I, you know, I spent two years on the road doing this special and I thought, hey, I'll take a little break. Within three days, I was at the store. Yeah. Yeah, come on. What am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And there's something so great about that directness and, you know, we don't need to talk about comedy. And I... How does your wife handle it? No, uh, she she was like, you you can't... She actually was like, you you have to give me one... Like, you you have to set aside at least one night a week. You can't be going every single night. You've been married since 2016? Yeah. Yeah. But I've known her since law school. So we've been together a long time. Yeah. Oh, so she she's knows seen, you. Yeah, she's seen the freaking... She's been through the obstacles. Uh, yeah, she's seen the, you know, um, the obstacles that are still here, by the way. Uh, so, um, yeah, and and I've kind of, uh, like, calmed down a bit in New York yeah. City and all that. But still, man, it's what a what a dream. It's everyone's dream. Everyone's always like, oh, you, you know, comics work hard. But it's like... We aspire to get to the point where we can get five spots a night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But also, it's like, it's just that, that there's nothing more present than doing it. Mm. So like, you know, it's, 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 it's a vital thing to our lives. Yeah. Because the immediacy of it, you know, like, especially if you work like we do, is that, you know, every time you go on and you're not, you know, you're not like going from the page, you're going from your mind and your heart and you don't know what's going to happen exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what else? What's gonna make you feel more alive than that? Yeah, it's a joy. It's a real joy. And um, took me a while to see it as a joy. It just started. It <laughs> took like uh, thirty years <laughs> before it was just sort of like I have to do this. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you say that, but we all know. Uh, you, 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 we yeah, all know your dirty yeah, secret, man. Uh-huh. You love this stuff. I love this stuff. Yeah. Can't get off of it. Uh, yeah. But uh, what was your learning curve on the acting? I mean, was uh, that just something you saw as part of it, and that you know you you uh still learning still learning sure yeah still learning and um uh it uh, like for me what the jo- first of all is yeah. it's a joy to uh perform and act yeah so that's a primary thing and then uh it was cool to be part of other people's cool projects sure so you know in in comedy is so much on you obviously the whole right. thing's on you yeah and then when you're doing acting movies especially when you're doing smaller roles like what i do 
you're just surrendering to other people's vision. And there's something really relieving about that. Yeah. Like, yeah okay, oh, yeah. I'm just here for you. What yeah, do you want? What do you want, you want this? Uh, <laughs> literally, I think comics are like, just give me the line read. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. You know what I mean? I literally, <laughs> I, I, I tell dick jokes in bars. Yeah. Give me the line read. We, yeah. All we care about is the punchline, you know? <laughs> and, and, um, uh, so there was real joy in that. But then I found a secondary joy, which is quite, it's going to give you a bad impression of me as though I'm very materialistic. But there is a joy in doing stand-up and not having the pressure of your whole life hanging on Sure, yeah. This well, that's what you work for. Right. Yeah. And, and so being able to act, which in America, you know, Hollywood to me is just another Oh, I see what you're saying, financially. Financially yeah. and profile-wise. Right. Where you have the freedom to... Do stand up on your terms, hopefully. Right, right. So you're saying that you know taking acting gigs that are lucrative, yes, affords you you know more choice. Yes, yes. When yeah. you when you and for me, I what I learned from Chappelle is to do stand up comedy on your terms. Yeah, do it on your terms. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it any other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but very few people are able to build a fan base. Sure, or pick up can, yeah, right. You can do it on your terms. Doesn't mean people will come. Right. <laughs> so yeah, the, right. The, the getting the people to come on your yes, terms is yes. a whole other thing. Yeah, and getting people to kind of get buy into what you're doing. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah, To yeah. trust you, and I think that's one thing with stand up comedy that is interesting is um, uh, people. I think some people don't understand like that when you go see live performance, you should be surrendering to the artist's mm. experience, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think in America, w was like Americans are so used to kind of like everything happening on their terms. Yeah. I pay money. This is now my, I yeah. fucking, I'm the boss here now. Yeah. This, uh, and not that, not that you should be abused when you go for a live performance. I'm just saying that when you when you go for a live performance, I think you have to surrender yourself up to the artist's experience a bit, sure. and then you have a better time. Yeah. But if you go in kind of like, I'm gonna like or dislike this like a TikTok video. I pay, like I find that if you if you keep your tickets reasonable, their yeah. expectations get manageable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That too. That too, man. You know, I like to keep a. Uh, I you know, someone once told who told me this. Like, yeah. a comedy shouldn't be more than fifty bucks or something. You know, yeah, Whatever. Know, yeah, it yeah. shouldn't be more. Shouldn't. But I but I get you know I know that, you know guys you know th there's certain guys who are like oh this is the cash grab two tour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you can't begrudge them for that. I mean, sometimes you only have a certain window, yeah. you know, as a comic. <laughs> yeah, I'm also worried about that, too. That's yeah. a, you know, if you look historically. Sure. Um, but, yeah, and you see guys who, like, the window was a window of a profile window, not a ability window. So you see all these legends going on, you know, you know they, are, they don't have TV vehicles and they're just touring. They but they have, have audiences. Base, audience, they, yeah, they just know? churn out that new hour every yeah, year. Yeah. And some of them have like, you know, like And I'm Regan. sure it's great. Oh, of course. Yeah. But like Regan does a big business yeah. with the with the Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, like every year it's a big nut. Yeah. You know, playing yeah. an arena in Salt Lake City. In Utah. Exactly. Exactly. And Three, so that, four nights. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, like, you know, I call it like the quietly selling out arenas. Yeah. People. Well, I'm, I'm just, but it's still, that's never been, I don't think that's ever been my goal. Uh -huh. And like, I, I don't know. And there's some part of me that, you know, like, I don't want that many people to like me. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, you're countercultural. I get, well, I know, but it's not like an uh, intentional. And borderline self-destructive, but yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not intentional. Mm. It's just that like, you know, I think I'm, you, you know, it's just, you know, I believe I can entertain anybody, yeah. but ultimately I can't be something I'm not. Sure. So my people, there's going to be a ceiling sure. on my people. 
Well, you know, I think. I, I think you're putting a ceiling on yourself. But but um, okay. But yes. But but no no. Do you the, have a book I can the, read? <laughs> Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> but the broader, I think yeah. the deeper point you're making is that I think that's what makes a great comic is when you when you're willing to be like, hey, I'm not for everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel that way too. I'm like, hey, I'm not for everyone. Yeah. I, I am not for everyone, and I constantly try to say that to people that. I'm not for yeah, everyone. Yeah. Like you know, this. I, used to, I did a line where I said, "I'm not for any. I'm not for everyone. I'm barely for me." <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> but that I think that's what yeah. comics. You gotta yeah, like. That's why us. great great yeah. comedy comes from not being from everyone, right? It's yeah, like, it's, yeah, and it's, it's one of the reasons why I can't stand you know some of what's happening and sort of the tribalism of comedy. It's like sure. I I didn't get in this to hang out with a bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah. don't know. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get in this so we could all be like we're doing the same thing. Sure, but sure, uh, whatever. Sure. But I, I don't know. Again, on our point of difference, I feel like for me, it's more like, I just feel like if you do stand-up comedy, you get the struggle so much that of you course. can empathize with some other person I, I, who's believe doing me. it. Believe me. But it's sometimes like, you know, it's more about like when I go to the comedy store, or you know, I've talked to like yeah. you know, so many people. Uh-uh. It's just like the guys that go, follow the wayside. Uh-huh. You know, it's so like the heartbreak of it and the, the inability you know, because I was so close to that. And the inability to, you, you know, after a certain point, what are you going to go back to, man? Right, right, right. It's heavy, dude. Yeah. Like the, the risk of life it takes yes. yeah. to, to do this yes. doesn't come from a choice. Yeah. It comes from a, 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 a calling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And, and now, like, what? The, I mean, that's how we're able to talk for so long. We have never met each other. Yeah. And we're able to talk because we both. Yeah, share the obsession. Well, that's a, this 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 thing started me talking to com- it was it was always me talking to comics. Yeah. Usually trying to make sure we were okay. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so so how do you feel if I ask you a question? Yeah. Like when you do you like look at younger comics and do you do you uh, are you inclined to kind of um, uh, maybe not like what they're doing and then do you feel like you have to like curb yourself as like oh maybe I'm just no, I mean, or, like, like, I, like how, what I do know is, uh-huh. like, I don't, it's not a matter of liking what people do, really. I mean, uh-huh. I get it. Uh-huh. Like, I've been doing this, you know, for 40 years. Yes. yes. So or so, 37. Yes. Yeah. So, like, what, what I notice more than anything else is not unlike, you know, Commedia della Arte. There's, like, 12 types. And, and, you know, they repeat themselves. Yes. Like, yes. you know, I can see, like, I can see, you know, not, not necessarily points of view, yeah. but types yes. of people that show up. And yes. I've seen them before. Yes, yes. And, and I see people doing jokes that have been done yes. many times before, yes. but they just discovered them. Yes. It, it, not that they took them. Yes, yes. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So like, in, in, you know, and I have room for that and yes. I'm not going to step in. Right. I never, you know, comment on anybody. Yes. Like, but I do know when somebody means it and when they don't. Right. Like, I mean, if there's any issue I have is if somebody's using our world to launch into another world. Sure. I find that, you know, a little difficult. And I also find, you know, a certain type of ego difficult, but I understand it. So I'm not harsh and I'm not really up to speed with a lot of the younger comics. But I do notice more than not, I notice people that can't help but be who they are as as being interesting to me. Sure. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is um, you, there's a natural urge to when you've been doing it a long time to kind of, you've seen it all and dismiss Newer, well, I just kids. Hope, I hope they get through it. It's but, not but dismiss. You, yeah, it, but it's but, just sort of like, all right, well, they're at you know, I yeah, right. I hope they you know right. either they're going to develop or they're not. Right, right. You know, they're, they're, but you do see an authenticity. Yes, 
in right. comedy. Even yeah. if you don't like them, you don't like the act, whatever, you say, oh, this is a 12 but you can see, oh, there's something here. Of course. Here. There's something here. Yeah, or even okay. if it's like, it's not for me, I don't get it, okay. but I understand it. Okay. And I know when people have put the work in. Sure. You know, okay. and I respect that. Yeah. And the reason I ask, all, ask this is because, uh, you know, I'm at the age where I'm just, I'm only 37, but I'm kind of young enough, but exp- just experienced enough to um, see that, like, you know, that the older crowd kind of reacting to the younger crowd and, and the younger comics and this new technology and all that. So I just wondered as a way, is it just the fate of all comics to grow up and hate everything new, every new comic? No, no, or? I don't, I don't have any hate for them. Oh, I don't and, mean and, you. I just but I, I, I don't notice that really. I, you know, you can't stop age. And, and you, you know, the fact that, you know, somehow or another, I have an audience and found my audience when I was in my forties yes. is a miracle. And I don't know what it is. I think it's just, I have a type of, uh, neuroticism or anger or, or sensitivity and honesty. that, that mm. is in an honesty, that's relatively timeless to, to certain people. Sure. Uh, so like, I'm grateful that I, I'm still, you know, relevant to, to an audience sure. and that it happened late in life. Sure. But there's a lot of guys my age that let themselves go. They don't continue writing yes, yes, or yes. that, you, you know, or yeah. they, just fall to the wayside and they don't understand why they don't fit in anymore yes, and that's just you know it's the nature of the business the only old guys are working are guys that were fucking huge or you know or or have their own followings yes, yes, yes. there's like hundreds of comics that were popular in the 70s yes, 80s yes, and 90s yes. that do not fit in anymore yes, yes, and it's not because yes. of tiktok yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you yes, know what yes, i mean it's yeah. just they aged out yes, man yes, 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 yes. what are you gonna do uh, yeah yeah and isn't it so interesting that the legend, Steve Martin, uh, the great legend, uh, he, by his own account, I don't, I don't even necessarily agree with him, but by his own account, he said he could see it. Of he course. He could see it aging out. And so he stopped. And became an actor. Yeah. Yeah. But what, you know, what self-awareness, not, not that I even agree with his assessment, you know, that he couldn't have evolved or that, you know, but, but he, that's how but much. He, didn't, well, he was done with live. He, like he was, he felt misunderstood. Sure. It's like a, you know, it's like a band that's countercultural right. and all of a sudden you got frat boys coming. Sure. Like the, the expectations were peculiar, but now he's back on stage. He's doing something now, with Martin Short. Now he is because, uh, yeah. He, and he but, does Waiting for Godot and yeah. like, you know, all this but, stuff. But I just mean at that time, the biggest comic in the world. Well, I mean, time, yeah. if to have that kind of. Confidence and and knowledge about your own talent and your own limitations mm. is rare, and, and also to roll the dice on that Mm-mm. to take what was your livelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but you know he was popular enough to yeah, 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 yeah. to take those chances. Yeah, yeah. And did not any not everyone is afforded that luxury. Sure, sure. No, of course, of course. No, I just find it interesting that the idea of culturally through no one's fault just. Yeah, it just you're not fit with the times anymore, you know. Whatever it is, you know. Well, no, I mean, I see it in in myself to some degree. And look, you know, in 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 light of our conversation here, like I don't want you to misunderstand me. I don't have anything against comics. No, no, I don't you think know? so. And I'm no, not. No. And, I, and and I don't judge. I, I was asking this question for you more as an old person. No, than no, a I'm, comic. Talking, I'm, I'm talking about later. Oh yes, about yes, earlier. Yes, yes, yes. It's just that, like you know when I'm judging mm. or or I, I just feel you know in relation to that conversation. So mm. so I can I can at least be clear for myself. Yep. Is that, look, I have uh, nothing but utmost respect for almost anybody that does this job yep. and does it successfully. But there are lines being drawn and I have to react to them. Sure. You know, and sure. it's not personal. Yeah. And, and, and maybe yeah. with a couple of people, but that doesn't mean I don't respect their process. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I can <laughs> but, get behind that. But the, uh, but the aging is like, I feel it in myself. It's like, you look, you got, I, at Also, some I point, think you've earned the right to. Do yeah, that, I, I, to some degree. I, I, but, I, but, I'll say for you so you don't have to. I think you have. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I know like, you know, I, I between me and me, 
Like, I see where my ceiling is in terms of, like, I do okay. I was, you know, fortunate to do my fifth or sixth special, whatever the fuck it is, and it's on HBO, and it's fine. Mm. And it's good. It's the best work I've done. Mm. But there is part of me at age 59 where I'm like, you know, I've kind of done everything. Mm-mm. That I'm, I, I put a lot out there. Yes, sir. I've, I've said my piece. Yes, sir. So, like, I find myself starting to try to find some peace with with um, changing my expectation. Sure, as you, you should, and that's all. That's that's I all think, legit. Yeah, yeah, that's natural. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean like it's healthy. You know, like, by the way, that's right. healthy. It's yeah. not like I'm I'm aged out. I'm no longer relevant anymore. But uh-huh. it's like, dude, like it, it, you know, you want to have a little try to figure out how to enjoy whatever life you've earned of here, and you know, take it. Try to be less hard on yourself. Of course, because like I do it every time. Like every fucking hour that I produce takes a year and a half, oh. two years, and you don't even think, like every time you start, you're like, I don't even know if I got it. <laughs> yes. You yeah, know, because yeah. especially if you yeah. work like us, yeah, 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 because yeah. it's not like you, you got a bunch on the docket. Yes, yes. It's just sort of like, I got to start yeah. at this thing again. Yes, 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 yes. And I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, yes. It's wild. Uh, it is wild. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it's not something I do for business. Yeah, it's yeah. just something I do. Yeah, yeah. But now like I'm- But isn't that good that you can work at your own pace? Yes. I mean, you know I mean it, you're not pressured to fit the media's uh, press schedule of one year or whatever. You can, you can take two years. No, of course, you of could, course, it, but I've always worked at my own pace. But it doesn't mean I'm not. It's not. <laughs> I'm not hard on myself. Yes, 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 yes. yes. You know, sometimes it's like it's better to have a deadline yeah, that's yeah. like that's limiting yeah, yeah. than sort of like oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. If I don't do this, I'm gonna disappear. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess no. Yeah, hundred percent. Everything you said, I it sounds perfectly fine. Uh, legit. I agree with it. So where are you at with what? What are you doing out here now? What's this new movie? I didn't watch it. Don't worry about it, Megan. Don't worry about. it. <laughs> I just did this movie. It went pretty you got well. Got big big part. Uh, reasonably big pop, probably my biggest pie in a movie, but you know, it's popular though. People like it, right? Yeah, people got behind it. I'm really happy. It's yeah. a, it's a, pro, uh, a, we, we, it's an indie film. We did mm. it in New Zealand. The, you will love the director, tortured artist, yeah. brilliant. It's a horror movie. Director. It's a horror, but it's satirical. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's more of a dark comedy. Oh, really? A, yeah, it's more I gotta of a dark watch comedy. It. Yeah. Like, and I talked to, uh, the guy from, uh, the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, Shang- Simu? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was great. Oh, he was here, right? Yeah. I know you spoke to Jimmy o. Yang. He's my guy. Well, Yang I talked to a long time ago. Yeah, Yang's, yeah. Yeah, Yang's he's a great character. You know, <laughs> he's a character. Yeah, he's super fun. And he and I, uh, I, I love Simu. I love Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is interesting because uh, he came from Hong Kong when he was 13 yeah. to America, you know, without speaking any English. And so he, he actually came to America very late. But he assimilated very quickly. Uh, Whereas me, I came from Singapore, and I I already probably had more uh, English and Americanisms than Jimmy. Yeah. But my th- we we've gone in two separate ways in that. I feel like for me, I'm more trying to not become American, but comment on America. And he's like driving jeeps. I'm gonna yeah. You know, it's go, funny though. Yeah, it's a yeah. funny thing about him. Yeah, that he's yeah. like, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm he's living super American. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. a cool way. Yeah, in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. he's got a, a very specific point of view. I yeah. like that guy. Yeah. How's he doing? You talk to him? Yeah, I'm working with him right now. I'm. I'm that's what I'm in LA for. I'm filming. Uh, I'm filming a TV show for Hulu. Uh, Taika is directing it. So uh, that's been cool. And what is that? Uh, it's called Interior Chinatown. It's based on a book. I think you would like the book. It's very by Charles Yi, probably the smartest writer in Hollywood. Uh, he wrote this book. It's a very meta story about char- background characters in a SVU type show, Law and Order type show. Uh-huh. And so we're the background characters, and we don't know we're in a TV show. Oh, we're okay. just in it, and we keep you know um, 
the characters keep questioning how come we're the background Asians and we yeah. were always doing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and then the, the main characters are always yeah. given the spotlight, but we're always in the back, like doing dumb shit and, you know. Oh, so you, like in the, in, the, yes. in the background, there's white guys doing things? No, no. In the foreground, it's In the, the foreground. That's what I mean. It's right. the, it's it's the, the show. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's Law and Order. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Type right, show. right, right. And then we're, we're the extras in the back, but we don't know we're in a show. We're just like, oh, why, why are we, you know, <laughs> like- why we always yeah it's very clever it's very clever and very difficult to execute if you can imagine and Taika's directing it Taika's directing the pilot the pilot yeah he's doing great shit I I love that Reservation Dogs and I I was fortunate enough to get a cast on an episode that I love uh, Sterling and what Taika's doing I've never met Taika and we've not talked I imagine he knows who I am he he came from stand-up comedy too in New Zealand so he knows life yeah I think he's him. great yeah and I've I've kind of like hinted at trying to get him but I can't get him in here Mm-mm. I don't know what the hell sure I'll, I'll mention it I yeah, can't tell no him guarantees you came on. There. I'll be like hey Mark yeah yeah, yeah 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 I just did Mark just mention it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah bully him a little <laughs> it's great talking to you pal no thanks so much for having me it's real um, you know this is a real honor uh, you're very well respected and um, I appreciate you oh, liking, liking what I'm putting out there you know uh, I think when you do stand up comedy what you really want is uh, you just want uh people you're in the room to laugh and you also want your peers to think you're okay so yeah. you're the ultimate comedy peer and so thanks <laughs> well for, thank you thank you for and you, i think you're doing great work thank and, you, and also we want to blow minds we want to blow minds yes, sir, don't no. we yes we do trying <laughs> to blow some minds <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks pal thanks Okay, there you go. Intense guy, right? The History of the World Part 2 is now streaming on Hulu, and Megan is streaming on Peacock. You can watch Ronnie's two stand-up specials, Speak Easy and Asian Comedian Destroys America, on Netflix. Hang out for a second, will ya? Hey, folks. This episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. You know all those times you've heard guests sneeze on the show? Well, actually, you don't hear any of that because we cut the sneezes out when we're editing. But take my word for it, people definitely sneeze in here, and when they do, I've got a box of Kleenex on the table right in front of them so they can use one and get right back to business. And here's what Kleenex means to me, a tissue that will hold up. We've all used those other tissues that you blow holes right through. When I see Kleenex, I know that tissue is up for the job. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. As I mentioned earlier, if you want to be up to speed when we have director Jason Wollner on the show next week, go watch Paul T. Goldman on Peacock. Tomorrow on The Full Marin, we'll be doing an Oscar special, not really predictions about the Oscars, but more about what exactly are the Oscars. And then we've also got something planned for you this Friday around the Oscars. If you want to sign up for The Full Marin, go to the link in the episode description or go to WTFPod.com and click on WTF Plus. You'll get weekly bonus episodes plus access to every episode of WTF ad-free. On Thursday, I talk with director Bobby Farrelly about Boston and all the movies he made with his brother and his new movie with Woody Harrelson, Champions. All right, I just did some basic punk rock because I try. I was working on a lick, but I, I just I don't I don't have time. I didn't have time. You know, sometimes I spend, you know, like an hour on those fucking licks. 
they don't just come out of me. For those of you who don't think I'm a skilled guitar player, I I work on those sloppy fucking riffs. Okay, here we go. Monkey on the phone, the cat angels everywhere. Sorry, I had to go basic. <laughs> <laughs>